audience. Thank you for tuning in on this Wednesday night. It's a beautiful day in Alabama. It's humid in Alabama, but we like humidity. That's what we say. Hallelujah. So welcome this, this evening. River Church. Would you turn in your Bible with me to the book of James, chapter 1? We were, we were there Sunday. We're going to go back again. How many of y'all have had any victory since Sunday about getting settled in some issue or some area that was unsettled? I, I certainly am. I'm getting some things that I, that I didn't even realize. It's kind of like a chigger bite. You know, you get a chigger bite and it's two days later before you know what a vicious ravager that thing was. So uh, sometimes, you know, we don't know that what we're settling for. How, how many of y'all would say that we've all settled for the wrong things? We've certainly, since we didn't know any better, settled for less than what the Word says the covenant has given us. We've settled. We just said that's about all that God can do or wants to do or that I can handle, whatever His wisdom is. And we've settled. And I'm through settling. It may not mean anything uh, today or tomorrow, but I'm getting a, this, this, the settling thing, I haven't known about it. I got, I got the, the, you may have all known about it. It's like, yeah, I've been doing it for years, but I did not know until last, late last week that the Lord said that's the mark of an uncommon man and an exceptional woman is they know how to settle. Not to settle for things that are little, but to, to, to settle things that are negative in our lives. So I've been working on that, discovering things that I had been settling for. We all settled for debt. We've all settled for choosing. Well, if we get this thing that's nice, we can't get that thing. So we settled in that way. Or, you know, we can't take a vacation because we had to buy a new refrigerator or Something like that, which comes and you compromise, you, you decide to settle. And because uh, in our mindset, we can't have both or we can't go that long or whatever. Uh, I'm through settling. Praise God. Uh, the word I come up, came up with is good enough. That's a real settling word. That's good enough. And it's a false humility. It's a, it's a world of humility that says, I don't need what other people need. I don't need a new car, and I don't need to be uh, living over there and that part of it, which, hey, nobody, nobody thinks you're spiritual if you live over in the big part of town and you got a debt or, or you're snooty or whatever. We're not even talking about that it's a mark of anything. It's not a mark of anything to live over here or drive over there. It's not a mark of anything because we know People can do anything with debt and, and all that sort of stuff. But on the other hand, when we read it in the Word, we know what the Word says about our situation, and so we have to come off of good enough. We won't move, we won't change, we won't go up higher if we've settled for good enough. And so you have to be provoked to love and good works. You've got you to gotta stop and assess your life. You can't just go from day to day and just busy, busy, and, and you'll never think of it. You'll never deal with it. It'll never come up because good enough is the norm of life. It's the, 
It's the default of life, and so we've all settled, and we don't even know it. We've all said good enough, and we don't even know it, because if you don't know that there's a better or a, a, a grander way, then good enough is the best there is. When I was growing up, we got our Christmas presents, and my dad was in the service, and he was on a salary and all that. And then we'd go out and see all my cousins that were farmers, and, you know, and then we thought we had a great Christmas until we saw what the cousins got. And suddenly, you know, we weren't good enough anymore. We, we said, well, I want one of those. And uh, so God's world is not good enough. He's always pressing us towards the mark. And he's had to do it. He's had to bless us in ways that people uh, don't understand. He's, uh, he's hid our inheritance, not from us, but for us. But if he could just make a key that everybody could go down to Lowe's and get them a new key, everybody would unlock this, and there wouldn't be an inheritance because everybody got the inheritance. It wouldn't be special. So he's hid, his, he's hid our inheritance from the unfocused, and then I'm going to say this, the unsettled. If you settle, then you, there's no inheritance, there's no uh, place of blessing that God can take you because you've settled. In other words, you're focused on it, you've closed all the doors to more, because you think, well, if I live there, I'd have to go into debt, or if I live there, we'd have to do this, or we'd have to do that, and all of a sudden, we just don't want to do all those other things, so we settle. Do you all know what I'm talking about? It, it's, it's, it's a part of life, is that you, you grow up in a certain strata of life, or you get off on your own and you have a certain salary, and you settle for what that is. You adjust your income to your outflow, some way, sometimes not so wisely, but we, we know about where we are, and so we settle at that, thinking, until I get a raise, or until I get a promotion, or until I get an inheritance, or whatever, this is how it'll be. And as soon as we say that, it's done. We are. There's hooks that come out of the economy and come out of life and just hold us fast in that place. And there's no, there's no reason to discuss it. And I know lots of people that, uh, that have no inheritance coming because either the folks are gone or their folks are uh, needing assistance. And so as far as saying, well, I know where mine's coming from, Uncle Jack. I'm his favorite nephew or whatever, and you don't have an Uncle Jack. So it, it, it tries to pound that in on us that there's no path forward. You might as well settle. No need in getting your hopes up. No need in getting out there and getting uh, disappointed. It's a real powerful thing, but it's a faith thing because that thing is powerful against our mind to say, that's it. We might as well settle and, and hope that we haven't settled too high and can't, and can't maintain it at that level. Uh, do you know that a lot of loving Christians never get anything from God? That's what I want to talk about tonight. They never get anything from God. And they think, well, yeah, I get all sorts of stuff from God. Well, it's hard to discern. You can't put a knife between it, but... A lot of times you see the heathen. Now, they're not getting anything from God, and they're doing just fine, thank you very much. And so you have to wonder, Christians that uh, 
that aren't, that aren't flourishing, they're not happy, they're not pressing, you wonder if they get anything from God. Uh, we got to change it. Because the clock is ticking. And if you think, well, I'll just get all mine right at the end, God will dump it on me. Well, there's no use in that. He wants us to be prosperous or to be blessed or have favor on our lives so that we can uh, move the kingdom forward. In James chapter 1, let's look in verse 6. We looked at this Sunday. And uh, uh, let him ask in faith. Now, if you want to know what the subject of that is, you go up in verse 5 and it says, then if you lack wisdom. And then in verse 6 he says, let him ask in faith. But I'm telling you that word wisdom is just a place marker. It's a placeholder for anything that you need. We all need wisdom, so we're not going around wisdom and saying, I got something better coming. But there's, it works for anything else. If you lack anything, let him ask in faith nothing wavering. Why? For he that wavereth, he's going to tell us how powerful wavering is, is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So he's, he's put you and me as a wave. You ever watch the ocean? You ever watch the Gulf? And just watch how waves come in and they come in ferociously and they dissolve and then they go back out and they, they have a life for just a moment and then they have no life. They're, they're completely absorbed by the, the water that they're in. So he says, you're just like that. A wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed, having no power over itself. If the wind's up, a wave is formed. If it's calm, there is no wave. So the wave is completely dependent upon outside sources. I don't want to be that way. I, I don't want to be a wave. That's just like when it's blowing, I'm up, and when it's calm, I'm down. So he says, uh, for let not that man, that man, in verse 5, that lacks wisdom, and in verse 6, that wavereth, let not that man think, think, or expect, get his hopes up, that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now, that's the word I was impressed with, is anything. Well, that's not the way the Christian church thinks. We think that, if, and this is how the world thinks, if you're a good old boy, you can get a good old job and have a good old pay. It's measured. But here he said, it doesn't matter how many times you go to church, what you put in the offering, how many times you've been in Sunday school, if you waver, you get nothing. So there's a threshold between nothing and everything. Are y'all there? Now, we're not, this is not condemnation. This is like, I can do this. I can make this adjustment because it's not hard. Even if I can just, just have enough energy and faith for one area, I might still be a wave over here and over there. But right here, I'm going to focus and get myself where I'm not wavering. I'm going to bring this thing in. I'm going to reel this part of my life in. I'm going to quit wavering in that area, even if I don't have enough strength to fix this over there. Instead of just saying, well, that's just the way us Christians are. We're just believing God. Nobody's believing God. You have either believed God, and it's, it's there, it's on its way, or it's there, 
or you're still just believing God, which is another euphemistic Christian word for wavereth. Believe in God is a word for wavereth. Well, we're just believing God. Well, why? Because we're just waves. We go up. We, we, whatever, the, whatever the economy, the nation, my friends, my job, my wife, whatever, whatever there that blows on me, I'm up or I'm down, but I'm fixing to disappear. I'm fixing to go back from the beach, and nobody will know what part of that I was. The Amplified says, only it must be in faith that he asked with no wavering. Read that again. Only it must be in faith that he asked with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. Did y'all hear the word there? The operative word is no. No. No hesitating and no doubting. Now, like I said, we, we can't just fix everything in one fell swoop, but we could, we could pull off and concentrate or focus or what we said Sunday, settle an area. A small area, but an area, and say, bless God, you're going down. You, I'm not settling for what you've been, what you look like, what you feel. I'm not settling that anymore for how you have been in my life. I'll put up with all this today, but this area here, I'm going to town. And so it's a decision. Decision is the place of power. So it's a decision where you just say, Rather than just believe in God that I won't die of a heart attack in the morning. That's kind of general, wouldn't you say? That I won't die of cancer, you know, or those are terrible things. And people don't dare say them, but the truth is there, there's no faith there whatsoever. If, if the doctor got you mixed up with the stage four guy in the other room and got your report and said, well, golly, right here it says you're stage four. How many Christians you know that would say, you got the wrong chart? That's not me. I can tell you that's not me. There's no way that's me. That's not me. It's not me. I, you've got the wrong deal. That's not me. Most people are on the floor, and they've got people coming in to pick them up. Am I telling this right? Yeah. So the only reason we're talking about this is because there's a remedy in here that says it doesn't have to be that way. And you go, yeah, it'll take all my life. No, it just takes an adjustment of unsettling. I'm not settling for this lack or need or pain or shortage or abuse. I'm not settling for it anymore. Therefore, in the not settling, I'm going to have to resettle. I'm going to settle saying, I won't settle until the word, until the word, till I get what the word, till I'm settled on what the word says. Wow, now that's major. You talk about moving mountains. You talk about the Red Sea suddenly becoming a road. That's all that is. It's major. I wish I had thousands here to say amen. Hallelujah. Uh, it says, For the one who wavers, who hesitates and doubts, is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither. Did y'all get that hither and thither? And tossed by the wind. For truly... Let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. That's kind of like getting kicked off the, 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 the dinner table. Like, you don't, you, you, we don't come to the table with our hats on. See you at breakfast. For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, 
irresolute. Irresolute. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, decides. That is just brutal for just wavering, just like, I can't choose, I can't pick it out, I'm like, whatever. He said, you are the worst of all. I'm like, I don't want to be the worst of all. I don't want to be thrown in with that bunch. I'm going to put my giddy up on and, and see if we can... The, word, the world Bible says they can never decide what to do, so they should not think they will receive anything from the Lord. The NLT, New Living, says such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. This is in the, this is in the Bible, like in James. The BBE, the Bible in basic English, let it not seem to such a man that he will get anything from the Lord, for there is a division in his mind and he is in, uncertain in all his ways. This is way more serious than I thought. Because I've read James 1 just like you 16 gazillion times. And just said, well, that's not me, praise God, that's not me. But then I realized there's lots of areas that I'm believing God that nothing is happening. I mean, if we're honest, if we're not honest, we'll just say, ah, everything's turned out amazing and everything's good and I've got it on... No, but if we're honest, we'll say there's some areas in our life that are just like, I know what the promise says, I know what the word says, and I'm in agreement with it. But I've already settled for what is contrary so long. I probably am not going to do anything about it. So this, this is for someone that wants to go for, further. This is not kindergarten. The uh, James, uh, excuse me, in verse 8, uh, God's word translation. There's some big translations out there that have funny names. A person who has doubts is thinking about two different things all the same time and can't make up his mind about anything. Yeah. And you go, well, I feel sorry for those people. It's us. It's me. I don't know if it's you. I'm not going to disparage you, but I know me, and I know that I haven't received anything from God in certain areas because I just realized I've settled. I know what the word says, but I just don't want to pull it together to, to go beat that thing down and, and have it what the word says. Just being honest here. So I wrote this down. Everything that is not settled on the truth is religion. It's a man's way of thinking. And then I wrote down, it has and will always fail, and then blame God. That's pretty, that's pretty stout. Good, good thing we've got the Wednesday night crowd here that came in their armor and their... <laughs> so, let's... We just found out how to get nothing from God. I wonder if there's a chapter that talks about how to get everything from God. There is. James 4, 7, you're right there. Slip over there and we will we'll be through in two shakes of a lamb's tail. It says in verse 7, King James says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. 
run in stark terror from you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Well, the devil, the devil, let's see. What did I write down him? He lies about the blessing before you can believe for it. And then he lies, then he steals the blessing that you did believe for. He lies about the blessing before you can even believe for it. And then he steals the blessing that you just happened to believe for. And so if we can resist him, if we can resist him and give him a non-factor, uh, uh, he's a non-factor in our life, well, I can think for myself and go uncumbered. So it's already better. The, uh, the easy-to-read translation, I knew you'd want to know this one. So give yourselves to God, stand against the devil, and he will run away from you. So give yourselves to God. So give yourself to God. So how do we get off of wavering? We give ourselves to God. Because you know, everything I've ever wavered about followed giving myself to me. Is this a Presbyterian church? Did we change the signs? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's always things that, that's me. And it's not like I'm in hell's flames or I'm in some maximum security prison. It's just life. So what's the hubbub? What's the big thing? What's the pressure? Because everything's fine. Even though it's not what the Word says I should have, I'm breathing, I'm eating, I'm sleeping, I'm, you know, it's, I'm driving to work. Everything's good until it's not. And when it's not, then it's not good. And as long as it's good, we're settling. But if it's not good, we either resettle at a lower level or we say, bless God, I've had enough of this. I'm submitting myself to God. Now, what does submit yourself to God mean? I don't know. Get, get off of me, I would suppose. And say, I'm going to do it your way, Lord. I'm going to pray. I'm going to resist. The, it just, you know what it means. The, the, the new living, excuse me, the easy read says, so give yourself to God, stand against the devil, and he will run away from you. So you go, well, this is an option. And here's, herein, I'm almost finished. Herein is the paradox, the anomaly of settling is because we think because we get by with it, even though we're living a nominal life, we're living as good as anybody out there, and probably better than most Christians, because we actually are piercing through in some area and standing for it and, and, and not letting go. But yet we legally, from heaven's point of view, it's not a choice. Say it with me. Not a choice. Now, we're taking the choice, but it's not really a choice from heaven's side. Uh, you know the scripture, 1 Corinthians 7, 23. Ye are bought with a price, ye are not your own. The New Living says God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. I am bought with a price. I don't get to choose whether to serve God, whether to settle for less, whether to check you next year, Lord, I'm a little busy right now, and we'll, we'll put that on the to-do list for next year. Reading the Word, or praying, or going to church, or whatever people do. Uh, the World Bible says, oh, I, I wanted to go back to uh, verse 5. Uh, one, yeah, 1-5. One if any of you lack wisdom, 
It says in the World Bible, he is generous, get this, and enjoys giving to everyone. I thought he was slapping us around and not letting us have anything. No, that's just if you, you're over there in Slobberville and, not, and, and just living like the world. And that's what I mean. We're living like the world. They don't pray about nothing. They don't give toward... We're living like the world. Won't go there. World Bible says he is generous and enjoys giving to everyone, so he will give you wisdom. But when you ask God, you must believe him, don't doubt him. Well, I, I decided to choose to tie off the unsettled and quit being, quit settling. Uh, you know, it's a joke. When a, it, it is a joke that when we see a man that's got a beautiful wife or whatever, beautiful wife, and we always get him and say, what do we say to him? You married above your pay grade. Is that what, I don't know if women say that or not, but men say that, don't they, Barry? Yeah. Yeah, and we believe it, too. I mean, it's, it's, there's not even like, oh, that's humility. No, you did, brother, you did. Yeah, you, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So we say that, and so we settle. And sometimes when you marry that uh, pay grade girl that's way above, she looks around and finds somebody that is her pay grade. And she runs off and this, that, and the other. But we're not talking about tonight. Uh, I'm choosing to tie off the unsettled. Anything that's just not settled concerning healing, concerning money. I mean, you go, well, we're all in faith about money. We're all believing we see. We're all saying money cometh. But that's not, even then, if you do that long enough without uh, changing or uh, being aggressive, you begin to settle at that new level without having that new level. I think y'all know what this means. I mean, it's just, we have to resist a return to the old life or we'll settle. I don't want to settle. And the reason I don't is because we just got one life and it doth appear, I'm going to ask my broadcast audience to just go with me on this, it doth appear that Jesus is coming soon. And that if you're 40 and you think you got 40 more or whatever, you might be on the short end of the stick. If Jesus comes back in four or five years, which nobody knows, well, actually, we do know. We know, we know the time and the season. We just don't know the day. He said, you don't know the day. Yeah, that's right. So you might ought to giddy up is what I'm saying. We all ought to giddy up. We all ought to say, you know, there's an overdrive here. Let's, let's go ahead and shift one more time and get it up there in number five. And do something with our lives that is remarkable. We want to be remarkable in the world. We want to be the president. We want to own this and be over that and be, you know, whatever. And that's all good. But we ought to be remarkable in the kingdom. Why wouldn't there be bishops and apostles and prophets in this room? Well, nobody, as far as I can tell, has ever went there. I don't know of anybody that looked at this church and said, you know, I'm thinking probably so. Because we settle. But who, who is going to be? Who is going to be those people 
Who's more qualified? Someone that's got money? You'd say, no, that's, that's not right. Someone that's, that's uh, been religious and buttered themselves up the, uh, the pole? We'd say, that's not right. God's not falling for that. Who would we say then? Someone that's just, you know, shundying and prolific in the gifts and just whatever? Well, perhaps, but if they don't have an humble heart, it's just a show and tell. We need to, I'm not saying anybody is in here, because we don't care. None of us care. None of us say, I sure got that on my refrigerator as being an apostle. <laughs> I don't think so. But we're just saying, Lord, I want to max out what you have in mind. When heaven planned me and put a blueprint in the vault and said, this is rare, precious, and valuable. And when, when I put his spirit in a body that his parents will make, I'm going to make this his assignment. And I'm going to bring it out, and as he prays out this plan, it'll be revealed, and it'll be brought forth. Now, what if, what if heaven thought that way? What if heaven thought that way? I think they do. He does. I think there's more to this than just regular stuff. I believe there's something hidden back there that he's got for us that is uh, rare and precious. And I know you go, well, not us. We're plain folks. Well, that's what they said about Jesus. They said, we're not paying him any attention because he's plain folks when he went back to hometown. But uh, just the fact that he was the Messiah as a plain folks makes you and me potential candidates to be used greatly in the kingdom. We don't care. Now, we don't care if wherever he uses us. But if he wanted to, we certainly wouldn't be in the way. Amen. So thank you for tuning in this evening. You're a blessing. We'll be back Sunday morning with the bell on, and, and we declare Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen.